Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, Season 5, Episode 113, recorded Monday, June the 5th, 2023. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Well, hello again, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Sinterpino. So we are back from our Memorial Day weekend trip to Grand Cayman. This year, we decided to switch it up from our normal trip to Nassau. Our group made their way down to Sunset House, and it was an incredibly successful dive trip. We got some really great feedback from our divers, and they all indicated that they would definitely want to go back to Sunset House next year. So I want to give a big shout out to Mel and Sunset Divers and her entire crew. She runs a terrific dive operation and is really focused on providing the best service and experience. And now we're back, and June is already off to a fast start. We have four different open water classes going on this month, along with some additional local drive and dives. We are really excited about the interest and enthusiasm we are seeing this year in scuba diving. After a couple of rough years, things look like they're looking up. On today's show, I want to get back to some discussion about the environment and ocean health, and that's when we're going to take a look at a report that came out from Oceana in April with the title, A Simple Solution. Well, is anything simple? But up first is Wet Notes, my news, information, and commentary segment. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, June the 5th, 2023. Well, has it been a year already? Well, yes, it has. Last year, I told you about something new that was happening called the Great Shark Snapshot. Well, it's back. Based on the success of last year's week-long event, the Shark Trust is again sponsoring the 2023 Great Shark Snapshot. And that's going to run from July 22nd to July 30th, 2023. Now, this is part of their citizen scientist initiative where they're looking for divers and snorkelers around the world to record the sharks and rays that they see. Last year, they reported that over 200 divers from 14 different countries recorded about 1,800 entries. They're looking for you to add information on species and numbers into the Shark Trust Shark Log. Now, the Shark Trust is hoping that dive clubs, dive centers, and liveaboard operators sign up. There's a short YouTube video out there explaining the details. You can also check out the Great Shark, Shap, Great Shark Snapshot at www.sharktrust.org snapshot. 
Yes, it's been a year already. So way back in 1973, I was getting ready to graduate from high school. Yeah, I'm that old. And I guess I missed this short report in the science news back then. That was the first report of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Now, a couple of months ago, there was an online article in Scuba Diving Magazine by Tiffany Duani titled 50 Years of Garbage, and We Still Don't Know What to Do. Now, that February 10th, 1973 edition of the Science News, there was this short article that indicated that scientists discovered this garbage patch in August 1972, about 600 miles northeast of Hawaii. And it's only gotten bigger. How big? This giant garbage patch now covers 1.6 million square miles. To put that in context, it is two times the size of Texas, or three times the size of France. Right now, there are five offshore plastic accumulation zones, one in the Indian Ocean, one in the South Pacific, one in the Mid-Atlantic, and the Southern Atlantic to go along with that uh, Great Pacific garbage patch. In the past, I've told you about one effort to attack the problem with the ocean cleanup, and I'm sure there are a lot of other programs looking to solve this problem. Let's hope we're not saying that we still don't know what to do uh, in another 50 years. It's time to turn off the tap of plastics entering the ocean. Now, in case you missed it, Divers Alert Network and PADI conducted the first ever safety seminar for the dive community at the PADI headquarters on, Jan- on June the 2nd, 2023, and that's in Rancho Santa Margarita, California. They put this together the day before the scuba show in Long Beach. This co-hosted day-long seminar ran from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 p.m. and was open to PADI club members and PADI instructors. We've talked about Paddy Club here on the show before, and I'm a big supporter of the, of the efforts. Zach Pavkov with, the Pad, with Paddy Club indicated that these seminars would be short and impactful and feature some practical in-water demonstrations. I saw one of the seminars was being conducted by Francis Berman that I thought would be a good one. It was titled, Dive Equipment Failure. Did your equipment fail? Or did you fail your equipment? Now, I've attended Francois' presentations in the past, and they're always informative. Maybe he'll do this one at DEMA this year. And I also saw where Aggressor Adventures Liveaboards is offering a consumer protection program that they're calling Storm Check Program. Here's what that's about. If you're diving on one of the adventure uh, liveaboards, if, if it's interrupted by a named tropical storm, then you're going to receive a credit voucher for the number of days of diving that you lost, or for the full trip if the charter is canceled. It looks like you get up to a, a full year to return and use your voucher. Now, they did point out that this program is not a substitute for comprehensive trip cancellation or travel insurance. It doesn't cover things like missing a flight or other trouble, uh, travel interruptions like a snowstorm or something like that. All the other things that can go wrong. And if you do have travel insurance, storm check only is valid if you don't receive any compensation from that coverage. 
Now, this is a nice perk from uh, Aggressor Adventures, but for me, I still get my yearly travel insurance from Divers Alert Network. It's worth a peace of mind. Now for some commentary. In the past, you heard me being critical of various scuba diving industry big manufacturers for pulling out of the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association's annual show. Big names like Aqualung, Uish Outdoors, Scuba Pro are the three that come to mind. Well, I must take a minute to commend Aqualong on their decision to come back to the DEMA show in 2023. I'm thrilled to see them re-engaging with the dive industry at our largest show for dive professionals. Now, there were a variety of reasons why they decided not to exhibit at the last two shows, and this brought out a lot of ill will among the dive retail community. I get that it's expensive to attend a trade show. But for many of us, this is our only real opportunity to engage directly face-to-face with the manufacturers and physically see, touch, and evaluate their equipment. Over the past two years, Aqualung has had invitation-only events to which we were not invited, and we were being asked to purchase equipment without having seen it. The result is that we made some mistakes, and we were left with product that we did not like and which was difficult to sell. Then, last year, Aqualung changed their dealer agreements to be extremely restrictive to a point where we needed to decide to move away from the Aqualung brand. So, maybe Aqualung is taking the first step in re-engaging by attending the DEMA show and realizing that the goodwill and networking will pay dividends down the road. The news is a little bittersweet for me because we struggled to move off of the Aqualong brand with its onerous terms that they were implementing. It was costly to us. Now, I don't believe Ewish or Scuba Pro are coming to that same realization that the Dima show matters. Let's hope maybe that someday, soon, they will. I know Ewish runs their own event in Cabo San Lucas, but I just can't justify the time away or the expense after attending the Dima show which I consider extremely valuable. So I commend Aqualung for their recognition that the DEMA show is a wise investment and hope that others will come to that same realization. Well, that wraps up Wet Notes here for Monday, June the 5th, 2023. A big part of our mission here at Scuba Shack is to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. And I use Scuba Shack Radio as a platform to hopefully give you some information that you might find interesting about efforts that are ongoing to protect our planet. I routinely take a look at various organizations that are doing some fantastic work and making a difference. One of those organizations is Oceana. Now they do a lot of different things, including issuing various reports. And today, I want to focus on a report that they released in April of 2023. The report is titled, A Simple Solution, How President Biden Can Meet Offshore Clean Energy Goals and Prevent New Offshore Drilling. The report's authors are Patrick Mustaine, Sarah Glitz, Michael Mesmer, 
and Diane Hoskins. That's not very long, only 24 pages, including all the references. But it's clear, concise, and offers clear direction. The report starts off by reminding us about President Biden's campaign promise to stop the expansion of offshore drilling. Campaign promises are tough and often challenging to implement. As we have seen recently, compromise is necessary with our deeply divided government. Well, when they passed the historic Inflation Reduction Act, which depending on where you stand is either incredibly good or maybe not so good, or a little of both for most. You see, the act, in that act, they have linked the sale of new offshore wind leases to new sale of offshore oil and gas leases. The reason for the linkage? I can only take a guess. So where does this leave us? And just how can President Biden stop new offshore drilling? Now, during the Trump administration, President Trump developed a plan that would have expanded the oil and gas leases uh, across the board, but that plan was never released because of public outcry. So now, the Biden administration is developing a new five-year plan. The plan was released, actually, in July of 2022 and had to undergo a public comment period. And during that public comment period, they received 760,000 comments. The plan will be published in September 2023, and after a 60-day waiting period, the Secretary of the Interior is going to submit that to the President and Congress in December. Now, the Oceana Report also details the devastating impacts of the BP Horizon disaster, 13 years ago, yeah, it's been that long, 200 million gallons of oil gushed into the Gulf of Mexico. 11 people were killed, and about 1,300 miles of the coast between Florida and Texas was impacted. The report indicates that bottlenose dolphins were the most impacted and that it could take between 30 and 50 years for them to recover. Couple this with the whale depth and stranding, housing price declines, $500 million lost in the recreational income, and a billion dollars lost in the seafood industry, and the enormous cost of cleanup. It was devastating. It's a warning about expansion of those offshore wells. But here's some good news on the offshore wind front. Even if Congress doesn't act on decoupling the leases, it appears that they are uh, that the offshore wind leases are still on track to meet uh, the goal of 30 gigawatts of power by 2030. They say that's enough to power 10 million homes. Not only that, the Bureau of Environmental Management estimates that 39 gigawatts can be built on existing and new leases in 2023 and 24. Now, they have a chart in the report that's very interesting on where the power is being developed. Massachusetts and Rhode Island have 14.2 gigawatts planned. New York and New Jersey will be at 16.1. Then Delaware and Maryland come in at 3.2, with Virginia and North Carolina at 5.5. I found that pretty interesting. Now, the argument for decoupling the linkage between new offshore oil and gas leases and offshore wind and uh, wind leases is simple. 
they really don't need any more oil and gas leases at this time. Right now, they are sitting on 11 million acres for oil and gas. They're only using about 3 million. So why do you need more when you have 8 million acres not being used? Special interests? Politics? You got to decide. So why is offshore drilling still dirty and dangerous? You see, the Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement, or BSEE, relies on industry-written standards. There might be a little bit of a conflict there. And here's another tidbit. The cost to operate an offshore well might be as high as $1 million a day. Now, fines might come in as high as $49,000 a day. So some might ignore the fine as a minor cost of operation. Then, when the platform is shut down, the public is often on the hook for cleaning it up. So what can President Biden do right now? You see, he can use his authority under Section 12A of the Outer Continental Shelf Lands Act to permanently protect areas. President Obama did this in 2016 when he withdrew 115 million acres in the Arctic and and the Atlantic canyons. President Trump, in 2020, withdrew federal waters in Florida and North Carolina. And President Biden withdrew the Beaufort Sea in 2023. The report closes out with four specific recommendations. One, President Biden must uphold his promise to end new offshore oil and gas leases in his five-year plan. Two, use his authority under Section 12C to permanently protect areas from new offshore drilling. Three, Congress must pass legislation to reverse the linking of offshore wind leases to offshore oil and gas leases. And four, BSEE must seek transformative changes to oil and gas safety cultures through inspection and enforcement and the reduced reliance on industry-written standards. These are bold recommendations. Some may be easier than others. There is no doubt in my mind that we must start to aggressively move from fossil fuels. Wind energy is definitely a major part of that equation. There is also no doubt in my mind that elections matter. Future elections will be critical to the planet as we continue to fight for environmental issues and combat climate change. As we look ahead to 2024, we just might be at a crossroad. So there it is a simple way to meet our offshore wind generation goals. But simple is not always simple when it comes to Washington, D.C., however. Let's see how this one goes. Well, once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to Scuba Shack Radio, and I'll be back in a couple of weeks with more. So stay tuned, take care, and have some fun out there diving.
Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast supporting our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time. 